Hello Ambush and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast here with me, your host of the DTP. I am Colton G and today I'm joined by Kathy Valentine, the bass player of the Go-Go's as we talk her book, All I Ever Wanted, a rock and roll memoir. Yes. Not only is Kathy Valentine a career musician of 40 years, not only has she been an actor, but yes, she is also an author with this new memoir, taking us behind the scenes of her life as she grew up wanting to escape wanting to play rock and roll in the road that led her there to be able to join with one of the most successful female rock and roll groups of all time and she even takes us a little bit into the world that she was living in after the go-go's split apart Not only do we discuss this book, we also dive into the soundtrack that accompanies All I Ever Wanted, written and performed by Kathy herself. It gives a different look, a different perspective, a different energy on a lot of these chapters. We're going to dive into that, as well as a bunch of other topics like What's new and happening in Kathy's world? Does she plan on writing anything else? Of course, Kathy is also a mother, so we're going to talk about that too. All of this. All of this and more in today's episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. And it is all brought to you today by DesertTigerMerch.com, where... We're having a sale, yes, to celebrate the fact that we have passed 150 interviews released. We're having a 15% off sale on all apparel at DesertTigerMerch.com, but you gotta hurry over quick because we are running low on a lot of stock. So you gotta get there now, DesertTigerMerch.com. And now... Now it is time to dive into this conversation with the legendary Kathy Valentine as we talk her book, All I Ever Wanted, a rock and roll memoir. The Desert Tiger Podcast. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. How's it going today, Kathy? Oh, man, it's like just the normal, like, what else can happen, you know, this kind of stuff. <laughs> it's okay. I, I'm um, I'm actually applying to an MFA program at graduate school, and that means I have to give them a bunch of stories, and uh, I'm just going crazy because I want it to be my best writing I can give. <laughs> and I, I feel like I'm having, like, huge imposter syndrome and... Like, who do you think you are, and blah, blah, blah. Same old stuff. Well, I mean, you're Kathy Valentine of the Go-Go's. A I know, working musician of 40 a, years. I'm not applying to be a, a rocker chick in a band. I'm applying for a writing program. 
Oh, well, you're also a published author, so I mean... Yeah, I am. So I mean, sure. it's uh, some really incredible stories, so I mean, it's... You should feel good about the opportunity that possibly exists in the future here. I do, I do. It's just, it's uh, writing um, fiction, short stories and stuff, it's just a whole other, it's a whole other thing. Oh, definitely, definitely a whole other world than the uh, book that you have released here in 2020 last year. Absolutely. I mean, I, I wrote that really confident that I was a good writer, so I need to just start approaching my fiction the same way. Just sometimes just the attitude of like, hey, hey. I'm good at this. I can do this. <laughs> well, and it's just it's just like music too. As practice uh, helps you learn and progress and grow. And that's why I want to take the class. I want to be. I want to be a really good writer. I mean, that's what I would like to. I know that I'm a good musician and good in a band, but this is kind of a fun, challenging, new uh, dimension to my my career, what I leave behind, what I, how I spend my time. So, yeah. Okay. Still progressing into new things even far into your career, which is wonderful. I think so. I mean, to me, it's part of the message I like to put out is that, you know, as we get older, I think, I think some people get very comfortable with what they do or set in their ways or whatever. And to me, that feels old. That feels old. I, I don't want to feel old. I, I, I didn't become a mom till I was almost forty-four. So, you know, I want to be around a long time. I don't want to be like some like some old granny that can't you know figure out how to use my phone. You know, <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. And you're. Like you said, it's uh, you're a mother later on, but you're still progressing, and you are also were a student before this course before, from what I've seen in my research as well. So you've constantly yeah. just expanding and growing. Yeah, I, I try to. It's like, I mean, I love. I'm I'm always a musician at heart. That's I. That's my core identity. I I, I feel like I'm a working musician i've been in bands for 45 years but a lot of what i do goes you know doesn't get the audience and the recognition that the go-go's did which is awesome i'm super grateful and blessed and that's opened so many doors and given me so much but at the same time it's not all that i can do and that i have done and that i'm capable of so it's fun to go outside of music and um find something else I'm good at and try to make make my mark in another another way. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, let's dive into all I ever wanted here. Your first introduction into being a published author. So, what inspired you to actually take the step into the world of writing? Well, like I was saying, I I, I wanted to um add to my career legacy it's like everything i feel like i'm really known for happened a long time ago you know and it's still lasting the go-go's have an amazing legacy it's uh unbelievable but you know i was 22 23 and i've done a lot since then i've played in a lot of great bands i've made a lot of good music i've produced things i've done a lot of stuff but that's been where my 
my um, uh, validation or recognition has come. And I kind of just felt like, well, well, I I want to have something else. I don't mean to be greedy or anything, but I don't want the whole sum of my my uh, capabilities to be in this small area, in this small, in this big thing in a small place. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I, I felt like I could write well. I felt like I had a compelling story. That I was sure of. I have talked to enough people. I've read enough books. I've read enough memoirs that I, I knew I had a good story and it was compelling. And I really approached it as a literary memoir um, more than a rock music memoir. Although, because the time frame that I write about includes me joining the Go-Go's and becoming a musician and our rise to the top and our, our breaking up. It is very much a music book and a rock memoir, but it's so much more. It's, it's kind of really straddles the, the, the two uh, genres of memoir writing, which one is like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people I know, I didn't know this till I wrote it, but a lot of people, that's their thing. That's their jam is reading music memoirs, right? I didn't know that. That's what they, that's what they dig. And they'll just read in any book that any musician puts out. That's what they like. But I wasn't like that. I, I like literary memoirs. I like um, a lot of other writers. So those were my templates more, but I just happened to have this super cool band in my story as well. Like you said, it's the Go-Go's achieved a lot of success. Some of that success has yet to be achieved again, but it was a five-year period of your life, if that. And there's so much more to life than a five-year period. And you definitely covered a very vast um, timeline from your youth growing up with your mother in this book, your time with the Go-Go's, and even some of the past or like of what came after the go-go's as well so it's very eye-opening and it's very you get very vulnerable and open and honest so what was it like to go through some of these emotions probably for the first time in a long time well it was um it was very um it was emotional for sure it was very healing. It was a way of processing that I had never done. I mean, I've done therapy. I've been sober. I've certainly spent enough time on uh, my evolution as a human where I would have thought that maybe I had dived in a lot to this stuff. But no, there's nothing like writing it and putting all these fragments and all these things and putting it on the page and making this big picture where it all kind of falls into place. And anything that was still sitting there, still hurting a lot, putting it in as a part of the big picture really was kind of soothing and, and helpful. So I, I like to say it was the most intensive, extensive, and cheapest therapy I've ever had. <laughs> as someone who's been through therapy, uh, yeah, I can uh, understand that comparison for sure. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that. Okay, so one thing that I also really love about this book, because like normally I'm a slow reader, and I crushed through like the first 71 pages of this book too, before I even realized there was an audio companion 
that came along with it. So at what point along this did you decide you were going to do an audio companion along to the novel? Was this something that you sort of figured since you were a musician, it was just natural to do the whole way through? Or is this something just along the way you're like, oh, hey, I, I've got a groove in my head. Let's do this. It was a combination of things. Number one, I'm very strategic always. I'm, I'm always trying to uh, I think a lot of my success has to do with strategizing and seeing where my opportunities are and seeing what I'm good at and pulling, seeing when I'm not good at something. And so I started thinking towards the end of the book, it wasn't in my mind all through it, but I started thinking, what can I do to set myself apart from other writers that are putting books out? What can I do that other writers can't? I can write music why not have a soundtrack to the book? What a cool idea. Why doesn't every musician do that? Um, so there was that aspect. And then another aspect, which was which fed into like, it's another way to bring attention. Not everybody has noticed or people that do, they're like, wow, this is super cool. So I, I knew it would be a, an addition, a plus, especially because I think I did a really good job and I'm highly critical of my output and my work and for me to for me to feel that proud and feel like it's that good is saying something and ultimately that's who I I aim to please Uh, it's great if other people think that but if I think it it's kind of some you get used to that's enough but there was also I was missing music I mean I worked on this book for pretty much three years and I went through a lot of uh, doubt and wanting to give up and procrastination and thinking I couldn't do it and um, trying to figure it out and what to leave in and what to take out. I mean, I went through a lot writing this book and I was dying to get back into making music. I couldn't wait. I mean, I have, I don't have, uh, I mean, I have a, a rock and roll band in Austin, but I also have a little home studio that I love just kind of, you know, being creative in. So there was those two things part of, you know, partly it was like, this is cool. Why don't more people do this? This is going to set me and my book a little bit apart from the other book, the other books. Not every writer can write music. Not every songwriter can write a book. So it kind of, I felt like I was creating a little space that I could occupy in a, in a good way. So there was that. And there was also, I couldn't wait to make music. And this gave me an entire book to draw from, you know, a lot of, just like probably an artist that sits down with a canvas, like, I've tried to be a painter, and I'm like, what do I paint? What do I, do I paint a picture of a flower? What do I do? Like, figuring out what to do is so part of the deal with creating something. So, with, it's the same with writing songs. Oh, what am I going to write about? Oh, this, this hurts, or this was this, or that. I'll write about that. But I had a whole book. Like, I could just open the book and go, ooh, this was intense. I'm going to write a music to it. Don't worry, Ambush. We're going to be getting back to this conversation with Kathy Valentine of the Go-Go's right away. But we just need to take some time to play for you a track off of the soundtrack to her new memoir, All I Ever Wanted. We also need to take a moment to thank our sponsor on today's show because that is not your microwave. Oh, no. That is all the opportunity that is popping off for podcasters over at podcorn.com. This podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing 
podcast sponsorship opportunities, there is no middleman. Podcasts of all sizes can browse and search and choose opportunities that are right for them. You get to set your own rates and you even get to collaborate with the brands directly. You don't get to give up any of your rights. You get assisted and supported along the way and Podcorn even protects you and makes sure that you get compensated. I recently started using Podcorn myself and I loved how easy the sign up process was and just how easy it was to get started with connecting with incredible brands right away. If you're a podcaster and you want to get started with Podcorn, you can find a link in the description to the show, or you can head to podcorn.com today to get signed up and started. And now it's time to play for you that track off of the soundtrack to All I Ever Wanted, a rock and roll memoir. This is Clubland. One thing that I really enjoy about that too is how it opens up the 
like the chapters of a book to a whole other energy where like the book it's written as if like it's almost as if we're in the room with you and we can feel what you're feeling which is one thing I love about it but the music definitely helps to give it a different energy which is something that I definitely love about the dimension of that as well thank you I I think so too and I really it it was felt so creative. I mean, I came out of doing that soundtrack pretty impressed with myself because I wasn't just making a solo record. I've never really wanted to be a solo artist. I, I like being just in a band, you know, I don't want to be the star, but I, so that kind of limits me that my whole career, I'm kind of limited by being a supporting person. But with this, it wasn't like, oh, I'm making a solo record. I, I got to be the best singer and the best. It was like, I'm, bringing this book to life and it took a lot of that pressure off you know I didn't have to be a great singer I didn't have to be every song didn't have to be perfect and sound like a hit song what it had to do was bring the book the chapter that I was putting music to bring it to life capture the tone capture the energy capture if I could the emotions I mean some of it is really sad you know the song uh, just do it that I wrote as an accompaniment to the chapter, just do it. And they all coincide. Very um, heavy. It, I mean, I, w- I cried writing that song. I cried for three days. I mourned and I grieved. It was like for the first time I was like, I was 14 and nobody was looking out for me. And I was just kind of out there in the world being abused and, and, it just made me sad. It was like the first time, and even writing about it, I was like, oh, this sucks. I was raped. <laughs> so I'm like writing it. But when I did the music, it was like it took it so much deeper. And I even, I'm, I remember my daughter was out of town and I picked her up from the airport and I was just crying. And she's like, mom, what's wrong? Why, why are you so sad? This was like day two. Uh, and I just, I told her, I said, you know, I, I wrote about being raped when I was 14 and I'm writing the music to it and it's just made me so sad. And yet at the same time, I'm so, so grateful that, that you haven't had to have things like this happen to you. So yeah, super happy, super happy. And now not just to give the impression that it's a big downer, there's also super like just rocking tracks and the one about my dad, like who wasn't in my life and, coming up and saying he was wrong and I'd done really well. And it, the chapter is called Next to Merle because he said, I got your Go-Go's record right next to my Merle Haggard. Um, I took that chapter and did the music to that. And I called it Next to Merle because I always use the same title of the chapter. But that one I kind of made a little bit more country. I've never been in a band that's played anything remotely like country music so mm-hmm. and it's not like a country song but it's kind of rootsy it's it's got a, a lap steel that i didn't play uh but everything else i did play um and it was fun and like the, i do a song a track from called clubland which is about me in the clubs and it's in the early 70s and like just seeing all these bands and that one was super fun because i like just started making it started sounding like 70s kind of like soul music. And I'm like, where'd that come from? I don't know, but I'm going to go with it. <laughs> I had a blast. As you can tell, I had a blast doing the soundtrack. And it's actually led me. It's so, it was just so creative 
so interesting, just so what an interesting way to make music. You know, I can I can use all the tools that I've learned as a songwriter, you know, hooks and catchy choruses and cool grooves and riffs and this and that and, and structure and I can use it or not use it, you know, I or I could just make like a, a bass groove with a with a cool beat with like just something almost spoken word on top of it. So I would love for in my future to do a collection of literary short stories and have each short story have a, a soundtrack to it. It just, you know, I love doing it. It's my thing now. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do more. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. That's uh this book is a very compelling read, and I can only wait to see and hear what other things you possibly might create in the future, what other possible uh, v- adventures you might take us on in the world of fiction and otherwise. I, I also do want to do another memoir at some point. It won't, it won't be the next book because I don't want to, like I said, I'm a, I, I'm, I'm, I strategize. I'm like, if I just go right into another memoir, to me it feels like, that's all she can do. And, oh, wow, she thinks she's so fascinating that all she needs to do is sit around and write books about herself. So I don't want it to be like that. But um, also it would be very different. Uh, but it's a really different journey that my book stops in 1990. Mm-hmm. And it follows a really classical story arc. Uh, a lot of people are like, why didn't you talk about this? And why didn't you talk about that? And this happened. And um, because it wasn't an autobiography. It wasn't the Go-Go's history. It was a story of a girl, very rare in that time and era, who found rock and roll, who was saved by it, who chased a dream and got it and then lost it all and lost herself and had to come, you know, so that's the story. That was the story I wanted to write. But the next memo- the next memoir would be a whole different journey. And I'm, I will do that, God willing, if I live enough. Well, and you do hint towards the fact that there is much more to be told in Epilogue Gogo as well. Yeah, and I and I also put not the end, so that's kind of like Mm woohoo. Well, I mean, hey, there's still thirty more years to be covered of adventures and otherwise. It like you've been an actor. The Go Go's went to Broadway. You recently had a documentary release. The Go Go's recently released a new single in 2020. It's there's still a lot going on inside of your world. Oh, and uh, we we had we had a, a lawsuit in 1995 where we broke up again. I was kicked out of the band in 2011 or 12 for four years. That was ugly. Um, so there's a lot of Go Go shit. And there's a lot of personal shit. There's, you know, there's a lot of a lot more to this story that I think people would like the next book too. But like I said, that's down the road. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome, down the road for sure. Before I ask my last question, Kathy, where can the listeners, the ambush, find out more about Kathy Valentine, and where can they go to find themselves a copy of All I Ever Wanted? Okay, well, I'm very active on social media, especially Twitter seems to be my favorite. So I'm Kathy underscore Valentine. I love hearing from people. I love engaging. I don't have like 
my social media person doing it for me. I don't have a social media person, I should say. And Instagram, Kathy.Valentine. Facebook, I'm there, not as much. I kind of just say, hey, this is happening, or look at this. I don't engage as much them. This is more of a, a moral thing. And um, I have a great website, but I'm so busy that it doesn't always get updated as much as I would like. But it's still worth looking at because it's beautiful. So that's kathyvalentine.com. As far as my book, oh, and I'm on, uh, I have a lot of solo music um, and the soundtrack on Spotify and uh, Bandcamp is my favorite and the other usual outlets. And what else can I tell you? What else? Um, um, The book. The book, I always say, if you can, order it from a indie bookstore because like all small businesses, they are suffering. But if you can't find one or if they don't have it, I please go ahead and order it from any behemoth that will get it to you. And there's also an audio book that you can get that was released from Hachette Audiobooks. And that has the soundtrack integrated into it. So you will be hearing me tell you the story. A lot of people love the audio. I don't listen to audiobooks myself, so I just did it and didn't think about it. But <laughs> I've had so many people tell me, that they just love, love the audiobook, And it's a fast pace. Like you said, it's a fast paced read. I get bored really quickly. Uh, I mean, my focus is just like, if something doesn't grab me, I'm just on to the next thing. And so one of my biggest goals writing the book was to like, not be boring. You know, like I wanted to keep people from going, I'm bored, put it down, you know? So there was an effort put into that. It sounds like it worked with you. Oh, like I said, I crushed 71 pages. And normally I'm a person who gets like through maybe two or three chapters and then needs to go like take a nap. And I was like, oh, no, it was like one o'clock at night. And I'm like 71 pages in. I'm like, oh, wow. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm the same way. I used to just read so much. And now I just I get maybe because I'm just tired. My my eyes are tired from looking at screens and phones all day. Right. I don't usually have time to re- read until it's bedtime and I'm tired and my eyes are tired. So I get you. Understandable. All right. Last question. So you mentioned your daughter earlier. So w- what has her reception been like to watching you move forward as you write this book, open up, be honest, and to see that you continue to be an inspiration to so many different people? She went through her own journey with it. Uh, she was, uh, she was, gosh, fourteen years old when I started the book, and uh, was a little freaked out what, that I was doing. Why would you do that? Why would you? Why would anybody do that? Why would? And she like she said some interesting things. I even wrote about it in my introduction. Like she was like, "Why are you doing this?" Um, and as she got older. She didn't pay as much of attention, but when it was actually coming out, she kind of got worried again because she knew it had some, um, that it was very revealing and it was very brutally honest and open. And she, I think she was worried about people saying, talking about me or talking about her. That's, you know, that's a normal teenage thing, but I don't know what it was. She didn't actually read it, but one day she said, I picked up the book and I looked at different parts and it's really good and I'm really proud of you. And that kind of 
was like really nice. And then some of her friends' moms started calling me or um, sending me little cards saying that they loved it. And these are like moms that are not like me at all, like, you know, not moms in bands. <laughs> so when, when like regular suburban, you know, mom isn't appalled, you know, and likes it, I think that gave her, made her feel like um, proud, you know. Oh, so, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love to hear that. I love to hear that. And hopefully she continues to be incredibly proud of her very uh, storied and continuing to achieve many things, mother. I hope so. I'm proud of her and kind of a mutual admiration thing we have going. <laughs> well, I like to hear that. I definitely like to hear that. All right, Kathy, thank you. So you. very much for taking the time to join me today to take us behind this incredible read all I ever wanted. I really enjoyed talking to you and I hope your listeners liked our combo. It's a sort of bear. The can in a blackout. The clouds parted, the sun found me in those vanished hours. conversation 
with Kathy Valentine of the Go Goes as we spoke about all I ever wanted, a rock and roll a memoir, as well as its accompanying soundtrack. And you can find both of these. We played two songs off of this soundtrack for you here today. Clubland first, you just heard Queen Bees, and you can pick up the whole thing in its entirety off of Bandcamp. And you can also find All I Ever Wanted, hopefully at your local bookstore. That'd be hype. But of course, if you can't find it, like Kathy said, you can also find it at all of the major literary giants. And I highly suggest that you do because this book is incredible. It is an amazing read. And I think that you should definitely take the time to dive into it. Like, poof, it is a hell of a read. And with that, I need to thank Kathy Valentine one last time, one more roaring DTP thank you for joining us here today to take us behind that book. And I also need to thank Eric Alper for going ahead and setting the conversation up. And last but not least, a roaring DTP thank you to you, the Ambush, for tuning in to the podcast like you love to do, for showing us support. If you have yet to join up with the Ambush, it's as easy as hitting subscribe or follow on the podcast listening service you're using right now. You can also help the show grow by reviewing us with a big five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can share this episode on your social media with your friends, with your family, anyone who you think would enjoy it. You can also head on over to DesertTigerMerch.com where until the end of January... We are having a 15% off sale. We're getting super low on some of the stock. I think I have two toques left as of the recording of this. Um, we're sold out of smalls and a few different items. Um, we only have triple XL and two different things. Yeah, stock is getting very limited. Head to deserttigermerch.com for a 15% off sale before the end of January. Yeah. And this upcoming Friday on the Desert Tiger Podcast, January 29th, 2021, we are joined by Johnny Sinclair of Tucker Lane, also formerly of groups like The Pursuit of Happiness and Universal Honey. Well, I guess Universal Honey is making a comeback. That's not really exactly hidden news. He talks about the fact that they're recording new material in that episode this upcoming Friday as well. And I can't wait for you to join me then as we dive into Tucker Lane's new album. But until then, I want you to go out and find your mountaintop, your oasis, the thing that makes your heart sing and scream to its fullest capacity. Find the thing that makes you want to roar, craft your roar, grow your roar, and then let your roar out across that canyon, that waterfront. Let the world know just how powerful, wondrous, and beautiful you and your roar are capable of being. All right, Ambush. Have yourself a wonderful time, and until this Friday, bye bye